You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. So, here you are. Too foreign for home. Too foreign for here. Never enough for both. Ijuoma Umebinyo. Diaspora Blues. What makes you smile and adds a spring to your step? What does it mean to belong? And how do we build a home away from home? Diaspora Blues is a show that contemplates what is and what could be. Join Busto and Bigwa every Monday at 2.30 on 3CR Community Radio. Produced by Jan. Welcome back to Diaspora Blues on 3CR Community Radio, 8.55am, broadcast from the lands of the Kulin Nations. I'm Ayan Shirwa. Happy International Women's Day. We hope you're spending the day with family and friends, maybe reflecting on this important day that's become, unfortunately, co-opted by businesses and government bodies here and across the world. I know, I know. I shouldn't be so glum, but when you think about how International Women's Day got started to where we are now, you'd be a little sad too. All right, so I'm going to give you a quick history of International Women's Day. So this date goes as far back as the 20th century. Garment workers in New York City who were fed up with poor working conditions and low wages went on strike. So soon after, the Socialist Party of America picked March 8th in memory of the garment workers, but it wasn't until 1977 that it became officially recognized by the UN. But like with all good things, it became marred with capitalism. Corporations who are notorious for underpaying and exploiting workers celebrate International Women's Day with no irony year in and year out. So the next time you see a corporation wheeling out their International Women's Day badges, we want you to reflect on how this corporation behaves the rest of the year. To mark International Women's Day, Torres Strait Islander woman Leila Thacker spoke to Sirius Meekat about her love of acting, how she got started and racism in Australia's creative industries, as well as the inspiration she draws from her nan. Before we jump to this interview, how about we get an anthem so i'm thinking something that's loud and colorful and really lets people know that we are here and we're not going anywhere sampa the great with final form Afford to cover the course, of course, maybe settle that one in court. Cause judging by the basics, y'all already comfortable, stuck up in the matrix. Shit is basic, past credentials. But I understand your favorite rapper, peep my gold potential. I'm out of shame, been passive, trying to fit a circle. Cause I don't know how to act shit. Half of y'all was steady, insecure, don't try to backflip. Just because the seasoning and flow's already active. Only four years, fantastic, young veteran, new classic. Nah, knock the walls off, fuck the whole key, we gon' hinge the whole door off I'm still AD, never forget it, it's life after death, roll the credits Credit my make, I take a 
trip to see Jamaica. Molly spirit with the vapor back design. That's the nature. Africa, the new America. I hope I run this permanent. And this, I put my pen in it. Got my land and my permit with it. Bone on my bone. Flesh off my flesh. Weightness in me, you can't make me feel less. Let's hold. I'm not impressed. Best smoke on my afro like an empress. Wait, state I'm in. In all states I'm in. I might find a form in my melanin. Wait, state I'm in. In all states I'm in. I might find a form in my melanin. Wait, state I'm in. In all states I'm in. I might find a form in my melanin. Wait, state I'm in. In all states I'm in. I might find a form in my melanin. That was the queen of rap, Sampa the Great, with Final Form. So right now we're going to hear an interview that Sirius Meerkat did with Layla Thacker. Layla is the fearless Torstra Islander and has been cast in various roles from Shakespeare to Sarah Kane, most notably NITV's The Queen and I. Layla drops some wonderful gems in this interview, including the importance of representation in front of and behind the camera and gives a lovely shout out to the important woman in so, her life. Layla, welcome to the show. Like, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a very <laughs> special episode, International Women's Day that we're honouring today. So I'm so happy to have you on the show. You're like one of the women in my lives that I look up to and I'm constantly inspired by. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Thanks, Chris. Before we get started, can you introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah. Um, so just quickly acknowledging the Toronos and lands that I'm on, Rundry people of the Kulin Nations and paying my respects to their elders before us and among us and many generations to come. So my name is Layla Thaka. I'm a proud Mariam and Badalug woman from the Torres Strait Islands on my mother's side and Rutlamwali Indian on my father's side. Um, I'm an actor. I'm a producer. I'm an artist. I'm a creator. I'm a storyteller. And I'm currently living on Wurundjeri country, um, Melbourne. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, welcome to the show. So nice to have you. I'm really interested in your creative expression and how you found your art. Can you tell us a little bit about how you were inspired to start creating or? It's really hard to pinpoint actually when it probably started. I've, I'm definitely the sort of black sheep of my family. I can't imagine um, that. Really? Yeah. I'm like, I feel like your you whole family is similar to you. I can't. Oh, maybe I've just like roped myself in over the years. <laughs> but I don't know. I think I was always doing stuff with my hands when I was a, like a child, you know, anything that was like uh, if there was painting or art or, you know, I would always be quick to pick up the paintbrush than a puzzle or, you know, writing. So even in primary school, I just remember when we were allowed to do like borders on our sort of homework. And so I would take more time perfecting the mm. border design than what the actual content <laughs> of what's on that paper. I think probably in high school, you know, when we were taking drama and art subjects where we were really, like, focused and honing in on those skills, I just really excelled, I guess. Like, and I remember, I think it was year 11, so I was 15, mm. and we had this uh, we had this assignment where we had to do costumes for a theatre show, oh, yeah. and it was for West Side Story. And oh our school was actually doing West Side Story um, that year. And, you know, it, it was sort of separate. We were doing these designs for homework, for drama. But then later on in the year, we were doing the show. 
And I got like an A plus or whatever it was in my designs. And then the drama teacher said, do you want to do the designs for the actual show? Oh, my and God. I was like 15 years old. And I was like, that's amazing. Sure. So it was like my first costume design gig. And then I actually auditioned for a role for the musical as well. Yeah. So then I got to play one of the sharks um, in West Side Story <laughs> in my own design. In your own is- design. Yeah, and I was 15 at the time, so that was kind of cool. And then, yeah, I think that's probably where it really started to probably manifest. Oh, wow. That's amazing. It's such a gift, like, that outlet early on because, yeah, from up until you're 10, you're doing all these subjects and then finally you can get to hone in and you find yourself in that. Yeah, for sure. And, I, I mean, you know, I remember other students just, really I mean my brother for example just mm. really disliking those art subjects and just really ch- found it challenging I'm like what do you mean it's so much fun so yeah it's interesting isn't it mm, yeah absolutely he gets, more, he gets more excited over maths I'm like oh, oh god. my gosh I was just thinking about that with the with the homework thing I was like yeah you're probably busy doing the borders and instead of doing the math problems and in, in between yeah, exactly <laughs> It's crazy because you don't really know, yeah, like you're saying, where to pinpoint it as a start. But you, as you look back, you kind of see, oh, um, what about your writing? How did you start writing? Yeah, it, it definitely really started in at uni. So firstly, I actually, I actually did two years of law. I got a scholarship to um, study law mm. and I went overseas for a year to study in the Netherlands at first I asked my parents can I can I go overseas and study and they were like no way because they were Mm. super conservative you know Muslim Muslim parents and uh, I was like well that's a bit unfair so I went and applied for this scholarship and I had no (laughs) chance to say yes (laughs) finessed it I I love it yeah I went and did that but sort of in my spare time you know I went to a lot of theater and hung out with a lot of creatives over there and just I was just so like, why am I doing law? And then when I came back to Australia, I changed my degree to theatre and creative industries. And so one of those subjects in that degree um, was writing, creative writing, particularly for theatre. So I got to, and I, you know, I I got to explore some really amazing writers. It wasn't just Shakespeare, you know, it was Sarah Kane, who's completely, um, just her writing style is, was, was, completely um, unorthodox and out of the box and it just really got me thinking like oh there are no rules to writing so I certainly was a lot more free um, in expressing how I want to write what I want to say and it's okay not to share that as well it's like writing for me or writing for an audience and just like just how I would be free with you know (laughs) protecting my border (laughs) Yeah, pretty much, right? It's for you. It's your expression, yeah. not policed by anything. So certainly in uni it's what is when I started to have fun with it yeah. um, and, and, and look for my voice, you know, my voice, my perspective. Just speaking to this writing and finding your own voice. Mm-hmm. So it reminded me of the challenge for this year for International Women's Day is choose to challenge. And I'm just like really interested in different people's expressions of resistance and like the different ways that they choose to challenge the oppressive systems around them. And I imagine you have 
many different ways that you express yourself in that regard. But I'm specifically interested in you writing comedy. And Mm. I was just thinking about when you were working on the We Black skit, and we talked about this idea of writing Black comedy and how that's like a whole like nuanced, multi-layered type of comedy, you know, and it's, it's brilliant, it's on point, but at the same time, it's speaking to these, you know, sometimes painful themes. Um, mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about writing comedy? First of all, shout out to yourself for your amazing performance in the oh, Thank you. The very first We Black skit. I think I've always been a, a bit of a clown anyway. So I think my go-to is comedy you know, as a, as a personality trait of mine. So it's probably why I tend to write comedy Mm. and it's, it is what you just said. Um, It's easier to talk about and challenge and question really big um, dark issues. If you wrap it up in Mm. something comedic or a joke, Um, it's definitely a lot more easier to digest, particularly for the folks that are being challenged. Mm. (laughs) Um, i.e. white people. <laughs> so um, so I've been acting and performing for like just over 15 years now. And so I've had some pretty horrendous experiences on set, you know, racism, sexism, all the microaggressions just in abundance. Sorry to pause this interview, but we're going to play a few community announcements. And when we come back, Layla shares an experience on set that is one of many examples of microaggressions. Are you looking after someone aged with a disability, mental illness or medical condition? As a carer, you can access free support online, over the phone or in person. Carer Gateway is an Australian government initiative providing counselling, advice, respite and much more. Find out how Carer Gateway can help you. Call 1800 422 737 Monday to Friday or visit carergateway.gov.au. Carer Gateway, connecting carers to support services. A 3CR supporter. Featuring world-changing documentaries aimed at inspiring a better world, This year's Transitions Film Festival covers themes of art, activism, climate change, social innovation, epic architecture, and the future of our planet. Transitions Film Festival, available virtually from February the 26th to March the 15th, online and nationwide. The Transitions Film Festival is a 3CR supporter. was finding it really challenging to I mean you do grow a bit or I sort of semi grew a bit of a conditioning to towards that but it still gets it still is hard Mm. um to navigate those spaces and it's those comments are still sort of I'm still reeling a bit from them so Mm. it's like how do I process that safely and I I how I did that was putting it into a comedy skit you know, I wrote it down and, um, yeah, I guess produced We Black. Mm-hmm. And that um, particular skit that you were part of, it sort of stemmed from an experience I had on set where I was filming a TVC. I played, you know, a Black woman, of course, um, who's looking for a, a home with her partner. Partner is white. Mm-hmm. But one of the scenes in this TVC is I actually show my mother like actor mother, um, a picture of an ultrasound. And so I'm really excited showing my mom, telling her I'm pregnant with my partner. 
Mm. And then there's another scene where I actually have the baby. Mm. So in my mind, Layla, I'm thinking this is awesome. I get to meet two other people of colour, right, mm. um, on set. And when it came to that time where we were filming that those scenes, they were white people. Wow. And I sort of asked the director, oh, so my mum's white? Like, what's the story here, you know? And the director sort of gaslighted me a bit and said, oh, well, we couldn't find someone of your complexion to it's play your mum. hard. Yeah. And I was like, what? If you had asked me, I could have given you a little, like, you would have just been confused. Right. Um, yeah, you just would have had a buffet of people to choose from. But anyway... So I was like, okay, cool. And then the scene came where we, you know, had to film the baby and they gave me a real baby and it was like a lily white baby. Oh, my goodness. Like, oh, so how are we explaining this? <laughs> and, yeah, again, the director said, well, um, it's fine. We'll, we'll um, darken the baby in post. post. Wow. And I was like, you're going to digitally blackface a baby. So two extra roles. And they just completely just whitewashed it. My goodness. They were too lazy, you know. And this is the problem when you have white people in these roles behind the scenes, you know. Mm. They're making so they're going to cast their people. So anyway, that experience, I channeled that into We Black. Literally, there was probably 35 of us folks. Um, right. All complexions of black. I loved uh, the juxtaposition at the end with you and Tammy yeah. talking that Maybe there's not enough of us. Yeah. <laughs> After seeing all oh, well, moving along. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just fun to make. And I didn't realize the impact that it was going to have until I actually um, put it out. Uploaded it. Uploaded <laughs> it. Yeah. And yeah, just the response was mm-hmm. large. Yeah. Um, yeah. We felt that cool. it's a lot. And how do I? process safely like you said because the crazy thing is it's not just at work you know it's then also in real life so yeah you've got to find ways to to process it safely and make make something out of it that people can also resonate with and then bring joy in a way to the experience or at least to the reaction to the experience for yourself because it's a very personal thing hundred percent agree with you. And I think it's, it's, it was healing making that. And I guess just reclaiming that traumatic experience or whatever it was, because now I feel, now I'm okay. <laughs> so it is, it is about that. It's about how can I turn this into joy? Mm. Sort of what you were saying a little bit. Yeah. And kind of speaking to that, like not everybody can move on. Um, mm. I mean, we look at the stats Um, from the Screen Australia report or from Multicultural Vic, it's all coming back with the same message. There's underrepresentation, you know, like the lead character thing we're talking about. I think the Screen Australia report was saying that, would say Indigenous characters, less than 5% of them are lead characters. And it's just, you know, abysmal. And then sometimes it's supporting roles, but then they're not speaking roles or they're extras, but then they're not credited what do you think the industry can do to address this racism and colorism? Um, fire Rupert Murdoch. <laughs> um, yeah, look, Ava DuVernay sort of um, said this really amazing quote that if black women and black girls were making 
um, films about black women and girls, then the product is more a, rep uh, a reflection as opposed to an interpretation. And I think that's what we're seeing with a lot of films and television series in Australia is that they're just interpretations of us. And it's because the people behind the scenes, there's not of us represented there. So when we look at those reports, it's very much about the faces on the screen, but we need to see what faces you're having in the background as well, you know, behind the curtain, sort of sitting up and not just in this, in the story rooms, I mean, literally the producers need to be black or first nations or, you know, culturally and linguistically diverse. Yeah. So it's definitely about diversifying the entire sector mm. and who is sitting on those big chairs, you know. I think of one particular show, um, Offspring, you know, where the lead mm. romantic interest was a black fella, but we don't see his family. Um, you know, I think he had a brother and it was like, that was it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't even think we saw the brother. I think he just talked about him and that was it. Like in reality, black fella's getting married you hear about the family <laughs> like it's weird so it was just like yeah, yeah I, I feel like the industry you know Australia um, film in particular it, it, they still use us as embellishments mm. and that stuff needs to stop mm. and I can see change now mm. um, and I know folks that are actually in those story rooms now That's um, yeah it is good but then they are the only one in there. So it's like, even that, we can't just represent a whole people. It's yeah. like, why don't you just have that story room all black fellas? It's still going to be diverse if you have just black fellas in there mm. um, or people of colour or people of colour that are women, you know? Yeah, that's really insightful and really powerful. Thank you. Because, yeah, this idea of reflections versus interpretations is, is key, isn't it? Yeah, and I think people of colour, like, yeah, our perspectives are so different. Our experience is different. We're so mm. nuanced. Mm. And why can't be writing those roles for us? It's crazy. I get hit up a lot, actually, yeah. even on social media, just, hey, I'm writing an Indigenous character. I want you to play it. And I'll just hit them up with all these questions. Mm. Cool. So, blah, you know, who's your background? Mm. You have a cultural consultant, rah, 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 rah. Um, mm. And, yeah, if they don't answer all those questions... Or sometimes they feel a bit, you know, offended. It's like, hang mm. on, we just have a conversation and these are the questions that you need to be answering. And if you can't answer them all, then maybe you shouldn't be writing. <laughs> this particular character. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like what Ava DuVernay is saying as well. She's always speaking power to Black women. I, I really appreciate her. <laughs> which, um, which brings me to the quote in your bio. Yeah. I, I definitely come from a strong line of resilient women in my family. I, I, I'm actually the, the descendant of two really big clans in the Torres Strait. Um, so I come from the Pitt family, which is the Mariam uh, side, and then also the Ahmat family, which is Arab. Uh, sorry, um, Badu. Mm. So it, it, sort of in our clans, you know, the matriarchs are the ones that are leading um, mm. our lives, so to speak. So I am very conscious of that and aware that, you know, their journey and their story is continued through my journey and my story. Mm. So I'm always stopping to reflect and keep grounded in that, knowing that I'm a continuation of where I come from. And that keeps my roots really strong, you know, because I'm so far away from my homelands 
navigating these spaces, when I do think about my roots, it really does keep me still really connected and really strong and feel really powerful. Yeah. And I think a lot of black fellows and pop folks should, should feel that way too, because we all do come from strong, resilient warriors. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think it's really important. I always include that in my bio um, because why not? <laughs> why not? It's so, it's so nice to see people speaking to that more and acknowledging that more and your amma um, what inspires you from her? So my ama or my akka, my nan, is mm. one of the funniest and strongest and most beautiful women I know. Mm. Um, Black sheep too? A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> comes from a family of like 12 siblings. Mm. So a massive family. I've just got so many cousins. It's not even funny. I haven't even met all my cousins. Sometimes right. You're probably bumping into them into the street. Yeah. <laughs> make that connection. No, but she's an amazing woman. And I, I draw a lot of my um, <clears throat> inspiration from her uh, when it comes to my own strengths. But every time I go back home, I just want to hang out with my nan. Right. She's so funny. She's, she's, she forgets everything. You know, she's got sort of dementia at the moment. So she forgets mm. everything, but she'll remember, you know, that person's, cousins friend blah 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 she remembers family yeah the family events stories but then she can't remember you know if she had if she had coffee like five minutes ago (laughs) talking to her is always really funny she remembers the important things yeah and your mom what inspires you from her oh my mother's amazing um and I think too like being raised by a black mother um we all just end up like our mothers (laughs) Yeah. I'll do and say things. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm my mom. It's happening. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's happened. Um, <laughs> my mom's amazing. She, you know, she had a husband and two kids when she was 19. Even when how she married my father was such a story. Because um, my dad was, he was living in Singapore and essentially he was meant to have an arranged marriage. You know, very conservative Muslim family. And so he kind of ran away from home and became a sailor for 10 years. What? No fixed address. You know, he was living in, you know, all over the world. And his ship um, docked in Cairns, little Yudinji country. And my mother was there. She was in like her netball uniform. And her father, my grandfather, knew the captain or, or something like that. So she ended up on that ship and they met and they fell in love. And basically dad's ship he didn't didn't get back on the ship um, but he was disowned from the family I mean it was pretty yeah. intense that uh, back then especially mm. you know because my mother came from a very poor family too mm. and I think our parents sort of had kids young then it was a different time of course but mm. you know when she was my age she had her own business her own childcare business I remember when I was really really young too her and Two of her um, sister girls were, they had a kindergarten that was a mobile kindergarten. Mm. So they had this little van and they had, you know, puzzles and toys and early childcare learning bits and bobs. And they would travel to remote communities and just have kindergarten or childcare on the beach or in the bush. Or, and so that was my experience growing up. And I was like, this is fun. I love it. Yeah, and then obviously government came in and shut that down because of all regulation and all this sort of stuff, which is a bit silly. So she opened up her own childcare centre. She was only like 30 by that by that time as well. So even then, like she was just making all these 
be bold choices and um make moves just like you yeah. are now <laughs> and she's very smart you know she was the first um Torres Strait Islander woman to graduate from JCU and Cairns and she sort of copied um, Kathy Freeman, you know, when she put the Aboriginal flag. Oh, I love it. She put the Torres Strait flag on her when she went to go collect her degree. Wow. Um, but obviously she wasn't allowed to do that. So she had a, she had the flag rolled up and put it in her gown. I love they it. Called her and she went, <laughs> like pulled it out like a superhero. Yeah. And because of that moment now, all the unis actually mm. have a sash with the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander flags on it. So we don't have to do the, you know. Yeah, the Superman flag. thing. <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of cool. Yeah, um, wow. But you know, when I talk to mum and she tells me about her struggle and her journey, and I, I love listening to her stories. It's just a totally different time. Our mothers are strong. They're so, so strong. Like setting the path, paving the way, they were the first in so many regards. It was a beautiful beginning. Mm. I was certainly shocked when I went to high school because then it was yeah. a super white school. Felt yeah. like <laughs> oh my God. Well, that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> we all know that journey. <laughs> we all know that one. Oh goodness. This has been so awesome. Thank you so much for sharing and telling us your stories and sharing your story with our listeners. And it's so beautiful. You are phenomenal. That was Layla Thacker with Serious Meerkat. We hope you enjoyed that chat. Layla's on Instagram if you want to say hello and find her work. Her handle is Layla spelled L-I-L-A underscore Blackshell. That's Layla spelled L-A-I-L-A underscore Blackshell. We're also on Instagram at 3cr.diasporablues. If you're listening to this live, up next is Paul Factor with Urban Voices. See you all next week. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.